the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Folks, it's time for our segment, Politics This Week, with me, Managing Editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. His name is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off. I was uh, I actually covered this defund the police rally. The uh, protesters, they, they were... Um, talking about the governor at the rally. And uh, they also were criticizing her for not supporting them more, for defunding the police. And then they ended up uh, in front of Governor Mundo's home on Sunday night, very brazenly, as a matter of fact. In fact, they were even uh, like up on the porch and checking the door. And I'm not, I'm not sure the governor was home. But let's just start off with uh, your reaction to that, and is it fair game to then go to um, a politician's home? I know uh, the same group, or I believe some members of the group, a couple, about three weeks ago, they went to uh, Mayor Lorz's house on a Sunday night, same thing. But well, let's uh, start off with this group and um, going to the governor's home. Well, this is... Um... This has been a growing tactic of progressive groups. I mean, a couple of years ago, it was, I, I believe, over a, a gun or immigration issue. Um, there was a group that went to the home of a, a legislator who was, who was not in agreement with them, you know, going on his lawn, putting signs, making a big pile of stuff, sitting on his porch. Um, that seems to be a new acceptable approach to progressives. Uh, and I, I, to me, it's an indication that the, the authorities who ultimately back them are not going to tighten down on this kind of behavior. They're, they're going to accept it because they, they, the deal works out better for them. And so you do get a small, a small number of incidents where they go to 
so the helm of somebody who's probably relatively friendly to their cause, like Governor Raimondo. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's theater. It's a quick way to get some some attention. And it's it's not something the politicians are inclined to to crack down on, I don't think, because, as I say, they'd rather have these shock troops out there because you know, most of the time they're going after people who, who say the governor disagrees with. You know, what's interesting, Justin, was, um, and not to be a broken record, but again, uh, I was there at this defund the police. Now, they talked about uh, time front of the riot. They talked about burning down the city. They were talking about that there were two officers in a, in a like, celebrating way that there were two police officers in Texas that were killed over the weekend. Um, so rioting, uh, burn down the city, uh, more than defund the police, harm the police. And yet, um, and yet, uh, one of the local, again, local television stations said, you know, it was, uh, it was a peaceful rally. It was music and dancing. And, um, I, I Justin, I, I just start to get the feel that they're not actually listening to what's being said. They just, they almost like they go by the press release of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's been, uh, that's been pretty common in recent years. I mean, there was one shortly after the last election, it was a big a rally of progressives at the state house and the coverage was very, you know, expressing their frustration and peaceful rally. And if you watch the videos that progressives put up from the rally, it was you know, calling people white supremacists for, for moving to the suburbs or using a, a suburban school and, you know, it was very aggressive and hostile uh, and it, it wasn't covered. Again, it's, it, I think the, it, it shows a level of agreement between the, the news media uh, and, and the, the crowds they are going to tell us, they're going to report it as they wish it, as they think we want it to have been. They're not going to report it as it was. And you, I mean, you, you've been notably going to a lot of these things re- recently uh, and, and very helpfully filling the void in that. Uh, it does make you wonder, it does make you wonder if, uh, if rallies are always kind of like this from progressives. So the, the, the mainstream news is, oh, this is just how they talk. I, that may be part of it, but it, there does feel like there's this level of, covering up the worst aspects. I mean, for example, I, I noticed over 4th of July weekend, a number of stories uh, in the area about people who were setting off fireworks. And in New Bedford, we, we got, I think it was WPRI posted the mugshot of a guy who attacked a police officer who responded to a, a call. Uh, but, but it was cast as almost like these dangerous fireworks people uh, attack, attacking police. I still don't know the name and certainly haven't seen the mugshot of the, the guy who attacked a police officer at the Black Lives Matter rally in Providence. That's right. not covered. So what you get is this this construction of the narrative to present, you know, the mostly peaceful protest. And as you said, I think on your website, yeah, peaceful protest talking about burning down a city and killing police. Yes. At what point? Talking about at what point? I mean, I've been joking that it's it's kind of they they march down the streets shouting no justice, no peace, and then you look at the headline as peaceful rally. Well, they're pledging no peace, but I mean that's kind of a funny word game. But I think it's representative. There's they're just oh what what threats, what violence that's not going on in these things, and that's that's uh, that delocution of mostly peaceful really does a lot of a lot of work covering up what these rallies are really about um especially just before we move on uh, uh, you know uh, the uh, pacific northwest portland portland oregon they're they are on on day 45 of non-stop they've had protests 
every single day for the past 45 days, as much as certain other cities have maybe uh, taken a break and then, and they remain very intense where, uh, you know, uh, there was a protester injured because the police then throw canisters, but they're, uh, they have active members of Antifa in the community in very, very aggressive, beyond aggressive violence towards uh, police. But uh, I also noticed, look how that, you know, as you think of it, that's not getting covered. Uh, that's not getting covered in the, the mainstream media anymore. Where well, you would think that, you know, in the past, if this were like a right wing militia, I think uh, the, the, the media would be camped out there and they'd have um, – you know, different coverage of it daily to show, look at these right wing nuts and how they're, you know, day 45 going at it, much kind of like, you know, the situation with David Koresh and Waco. But Portland, Oregon is uh, it, it is just amazing nightly violence towards the police. Right. Well, and then you had the what, Chaz or Chop or whatever in, in yes. uh, Seattle where they took over some some blocks of it. Uh, that that it, that was news. I you know it's hard to tell now. You don't if you get your news from aggregator sources or, or feeds, it's hard to tell where it's coming from. But it seemed like most of the coverage I saw came from more conservative sites. Uh, but you had people being beaten up and killed and it wasn't that daily. In fact, when when it, the police finally moved in and broke it up because because of deaths in the area uh it some of the coverage i saw was almost oh police break up <laughs> break up this this event almost it, it almost seemed like a you know not something fine police finally restore order <laughs> uh and it's, it's really as as you suggest it's a presentation of a narrative this for the for the progressives and the news media this is no longer a helpful story and so we're going to put it aside and now we'll go back to talking about the coronavirus and we'll blame blame florida for having a lot of cases or that kind of thing it's almost it's it's this bounce back and forth and whatever whatever the the talking point needs to be uh then i and you know i kind of wonder if now we'll we'll swing back toward covering some of the the black lives matter protests because the president wore a mask so that okay we've taken that issue off the table for a little bit let's go back to back to this other uh narrative we're building up to make everybody feel insecure the the lack of balance starts to really make you question what what you're being told justin um of Governor Raimondo uh, last week, uh, a real political insider, Dan Connors, was in the state Senate. He was um, uh, young, but he was also very friendly with, uh, with at the time, Senate President Joe Montabano, uh, real worked his way into being a political insider, then landed a job as a senior advisor to Governor Raimondo. But last week, Narragansett he was uh, over near um, Galilee, I guess, right around there, Fisherman's uh, Park, and was riding the breakdown lane, got pulled over, and got nailed on a DUI. And he submitted his resignation to Governor Amundo the, uh, the next day. And I asked her about it, and she, uh, she was very clear that that type of thing is unacceptable in her administration. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on on that turn of events. Well, it, my first thought is it does seem like our political insiders get jammed up for for driving under the influence at, at a disproportionate rate in Rhode Island. So I, I don't know. Maybe it goes back to that thing. They're all drinking all day at the legislature and they, they pick up bad habits. But, um, I, you know, I, I, part of me is thinking this that she pushed him out pretty 
easily. I mean, I checked his salary on the transparency site. He's making a, was making $170,000 a year or just under. Uh, and it may, what was he doing for that money that was so, so of so little value that getting jammed up on a DUI, you know, not while working, while over the weekend, uh, is enough to just, okay, he's gone the next day. Uh, it, it really is, that. that's kind of a, I don't know, if, if I knew of a, if an employee in my company as a private company had a DUI and they're, it's an extremely valuable employee who's making six figures, I, I don't know that, I mean, is he so easily replaceable that you can just brush him off like that? And his willingness to do it, I think also indicates part of the, the game here is we all know, all right, so you're going to have to go out of my administration because I can't have the political liability, but Rhode Island's insider system has, has jobs lined up for you. Uh, so, um, and we have experience with this with legislators getting, in fact, DUIs and going to work for labor unions or or activist organizations and building back up that way. So I, you know, I, it's almost like they they know you'll be okay. We've got jobs lined up for you. I just can't have you in my administration. Um, and so that's that's kind of like the the cynical cynical take that I end up with when I when I see a story like this. Well, she certainly sent a message, and you just wonder. You know, if this had happened prior to her visibility, her the press press conferences that being talked about in the national press, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, if you're then just a second term governor, um, I, I, I was actually surprised this day and age. You'd think that he would then uh, claim that he had a problem and uh, he's then going to seek treatment for it. And then suddenly he's a victim uh, and then even brave for admitting that he's got a problem. But. Boy, he was shown the door very, very quickly. Well, let's see where he lands on this. It is someone who, um, you know, her political star is definitely on the rise. Um, and also, I guess in the arrest report, he was identifying that he works for the governor. He was saying to the police, can we make this thing go away? Um, it was uh, definitely someone he tried. He tried to flash. <laughs> do you the, know who I am? A, do you know who I am type of badge, yeah. but um, it just did not work. Folks, coming up, uh, we will talk about the General Assembly uh, testing and a lot more. He's uh, Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. A lot more ahead right here. Politics this week on the John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 401- 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 
439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Johnson Propane. Folks, stop in and see Phil Johnson. You can call him at 621-8129, located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Now, right in front of Stop and Shop next to Wendy's, they're open seven days a week for all your propane needs. It's Johnson Propane. Propane tanks filled, plus they have tanks and supplies. Here's the thing with Johnson Propane. 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. They'll refill your Blue Rhino tank. Now, most of the time, if you bring it somewhere, they swap it out and they charge you 22 bucks. Not with Johnson Propane. Phil will refill that Blue Rhino tank for just $15. They're open seven days a week, right next door to Wendy's. Credit cards accepted, nine to seven each day. Stop it and see Phil, and he never runs out. He's always backed up. Since 1971, you can depend. Johnson Propane. Bring in your propane tanks. Call him 621-8129. Better yet, stop in and see him. 904 Manton Avenue of Providence. Right in front of the stop and shop. The guy is a legend. And right next door to Wendy's, it's Johnson Propane. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment, folks, is uh, politics this week. Justin, it's, uh, it's so unusual, but here it is. It's July, and the General Assembly is coming back into session I think it's going to be pretty hot in there with their uh, plexiglass, like a penalty box at a hockey rink, and then there's no AC in the uh, in the state house. But um, they are coming back this week. Your thoughts on that and what exactly they're looking to accomplish? Well, when I look at the slate of, I mean, it's been a we've had a big absence from the General Assembly, just essentially letting the governor do whatever she wanted uh, with this pandemic. Or, so maybe we could excuse that as it was an emergency, a crisis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but she's still going. <laughs> she's still issuing orders. I saw in, you know, she, she says she's cracking down on businesses, but I, I saw in one news report, she did not say how much the fines are or will be yet. So this is the kind of governments we're getting. Uh, and it's not clear to me that we have an emergency situation anymore. It's a crisis, but not necessarily an emergency. And that's not on the General Assembly's list, as far as I can see from any, any reports I'm seeing. They're not coming back in to represent the people on an ongoing basis. Here are the new regulations we're going to debate and implement to uh, control what the governor can do as a single executive. Instead, they're coming back to what talk about the, the IGT casino deal, uh, removing the state's uh, carbon penalizations from the name of the state, uh, something about ballot voting in an emergency, and maybe raising standard for nursing homes. But there's a, there's a lot of governance that our legislature is supposed to do, uh, and the crisis doesn't make that go away. And that's what strikes me. And I think we're coming into an election year, and there's so many unknowns with the virus. Nobody wants to take responsibility and say, okay, 
I'm a representative. Here's what I'm hearing from my constituents. So here's how we're going to tell the governor she cannot do X or she has to do Y. Uh, and that, that's what's really striking to me. It's almost like they're coming back to wrap up a few things that are either politically helpful or, you know, just must do's from an insider perspective, like the IGT deal. And, and that's about it. Meanwhile, they're, they were just waiting on hold till they find out how much the, the federal government's going to bail them out for the budget. Uh, but I, I really don't see them doing what I think they ought to be doing right now, which is laying down the law with the governor. You know, what's also interesting is the whole thing of the, you know, should we change the state name, take away Providence Plantation? I, I mean, I don't have a problem. They want to put that on the ballot. Uh, I, it makes, I, I really feel, uh, I just, I don't, it, it's not a strong point for me. I'm not willing. It doesn't, I don't have a feeling on it really one way or the other. If they want to change the state name, that's fine. But the amount of time that they're going to waste having speeches and motions and everything else on uh, all just political theater just to get it on the ballot is, is the part that I just find just a complete waste of time. Fine. Put it on the ballot. Let the people vote. I, I don't think they're going to like the vote. It came, went down the feet last time. Uh, but to me, they, they, no matter how serious things are, and this is about as serious as things you can get right now, um, they, they just can't break out of their own ways that everything is just like a dog and pony show and uh, playing to the cameras of Capital TV. Yeah, and I think that's the incentives we've created for, for our legislators, and that, that's a shame. I mean, to me, the, the big thing with Providence Plantations, as you say, the, it went down. Last time that people had a say, it went down by a lot. It wasn't even, a, it wasn't close. Let's just say that. Uh, and now the governor has just essentially for her offices, just waved it away and said, no, that's, as far as I'm concerned, that, that's not the name anymore. I'm going to change everything I can to make it just uh, the state of Rhode Island. Uh, that's the kind of thing the legislature ought to be coming up and sort of defending its own authority and the authority of the people uh, to do that through a constitutional uh, convention or a vote on the ballot uh, there. And that's where they're really falling down. In fact, they, they followed suit and the leadership essentially just said, okay, yeah, we're going to change the state's name on our own stuff too. That's what ought to be debated. But unfortunately we don't have the, the political conditions where uh, I don't even, even if people strongly felt uh, that we should, the people should get a vote, even if legislators strongly felt that it'd be somewhat, perilous to to stand up for just the process of letting people vote i mean you could you could quick see it quickly all the local news media would jump on it uh you know such and such a republican representative said you know not to change the name and then that would could potentially become a national story of uh, become the face of racism in a country or something like that and that's kind of the conditions we're under and that's that's really a shame but I, so instead we're going to get a lot of a lot of grandstanding um, last time this came up, what, what struck me was the representatives who, I think it was Jablinski from Bristol, <laughs> was saying, you know what, I've never gotten more calls than I've gotten telling me to oppose the name change, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to support the name change. So it's, <laughs> it's almost like the, the grandstanding in opposition to your own, <laughs> own uh, constituents. Uh, but yeah. that's what we'll see. We'll see a bunch of that. We'll see we'll pleas and personal stories from from some of the representatives and maybe we'll get a little bit of a Republican or two saying, you know what, this just isn't the process. Let's just put it on the ballot. Other people vote. Um, we don't need a grandstand, but, but it won't be a very strong push. And it's, yeah, it's just theater and it's not what they should be doing. They should be guiding the governor to follow the rules of our constitutional Republic. 
Justin, I'd like to also, um, and folks, again, uh, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. So, Justin, um, another example, and I know it's going to seem like I'm complaining about the media, but there's twofold here because uh, I'm also going to compliment one member of the media. But um, the governor of Monday did a story in Politico, and um, there was a story, excuse me, about the governor in Politico. And as you can imagine, again, someone was working overtime. It's a it's a flattering fluff piece. But in the story in Politico, the governor says that 25% of the state have been tested. And what was striking to me was an investigative reporter, investigative reporter, of Channel 10 applauds the governor on social media. Isn't that fantastic? That's my governor. That's exactly. Look at that number. That's so impressive. Meanwhile, Eli Sherman of Channel 12 says that doesn't seem right. He does some digging and finds out that it's 16% of the population. And what we found out was, was that let's just see if Justin Katz tests uh, or anyone, but you, I'm using you as an example, you test positive for the virus. And then after that, you have to be tested several times until you test negative. Well, they are counting every single test. So one person could end up being tested four times. Or if you work at a hospital, you could be tested five times. Well, they were testing. They were using that number. Now, that is not testing 25 percent of the population. That was just with a million population. That means you did. 250,000 tests, which I believe is what they, the number they're saying, um, but that is not 25% of the population. What was striking to me was it took that comment to a national publication to flesh out how they're using the numbers, but again, the, dis- uh, the discrepancy of one investigative reporter you know, saying, oh, look at that. Isn't she unbelievable? And then someone else saying, huh, that seems a little bit high. And then getting to the real number, which is closer to 16 percent of the population. Well, it's, it's Rhode Island is nice because we've got roughly a million people. So it's, it's pretty easy to, to estimate the math on this stuff. And I every pretty much every day I check the state's uh, spreadsheet online of, of COVID cases. Uh, and all of a sudden last week they added total tests before they were saying total people tested, which, uh, as Eli Sherman reported, is about 16% of the population. Uh, And the, so I I think it's, my impression is the the governor has, you know, it's the kind of thing you see politicians throw out in a speech or something, you know, when they're live. They'll say things like, oh, we've tested 25% of the people and, and and then they move on and nobody, you know, it sort of floats out there and, and people get the impression, but nobody checks on it because it's just, you know, live action speaking. Uh, it's almost like the governor has been too successful uh, with her PR people getting her national stories and, and she slipped and overstated it a case and now they've, they've got to backfill. Uh, but but if you, actually, if you go back and search a few weeks ago, it was Rhode Island first first uh, state to test at least 20% of population. So this is something she's been talking about. And, it, you know, it's, it goes along with, with her use of data since she's been in office. Before it was unemployment numbers. Uh, oh, we have this many new jobs. Well, you know, you've got to turn your turn upside down and squint and, and cut out this. And you're only looking at private sector or public sector jobs. And, and there you go. That's how I get to this, this bold statement. Um, but this one's striking because it is so obvious 
or should be to anybody who's following the data. It's you've, you've got a total number of people tested and it's not 20. All you have to do is the math of a million people and it's not 25%. Uh, but that's, I mean, you're entirely correct that it's, it's, it took national attention to this. And even that some portion of the local news media was willing to applaud and say, we're doing a great job here. And I, I think it's, it's a good reason why, why people are, are increasingly skeptical of what they're seeing in news. Uh, and, and I will say that, boy, that Eli Sherman at Channel 12, he, um, and I, I give Channel 12 credit. They've really dug in on it. They take the numbers very seriously. And, and you need that type of watchdog. That to me is when local media, uh, media in general, but um, journalism, that is you keep the checks and balances because if anyone's thinking of inflating numbers in that way or misrepresenting, regardless whether or not what the intent is, they make it, it acts as a deterrent. You think twice because in this case, and again, I give them credit, it's under the guise of, but Eli Sherman of Channel 12 will probably pick up on that. And he did. Folks, well, um, you know, up, got, go ahead. The, the, the thing with that, I, you know, I've actually gotten the impression that Channel 12 in recent months has been making a play for the top news TV spot. Oh, and yeah. to me, to me, they've been actually going a little bit too far uh, in coddling the governor and trying to curry her favor. For example, with Eli Sherman's data in particular, for weeks and weeks, he was reporting the number of deaths on the day they were reported. So his chart was showing deaths going up or going, at least not going down, whereas every day they were going down. And I would email him and tech and message him and say, that's not right. You're, you're mis giving a misleading picture. And he would write back, you know, disagreeing. Finally, they changed it to show deaths on the day that they were uh, being uh, that they were reported. being they, well, that, finally they changed it to, to show it when they were happening, which is what you really okay. want to know if you're trying to find what the trend is. Uh, so there's the uh, it's not it's at least a mixed picture with Channel 12, I think. Folks, uh, coming up, we are going to talk about the lieutenant governor petition, uh, schools in the fall, and also a threat of a beach crackdown. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show with Politics This Week with Justin Katz. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online. They have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor Rhode Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line, Lawn Doctor. Go online, check them out. It's LawnDoctor.com or call them today, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM, you can always listen online at the website. Visit it to petro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, 
you'll see where it says listen live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that on the dashboard at the website, you'll see where it says radio show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on radio show and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show.